great future. We're talking real money. It's been a weird week. Personally. Well, for the markets too, but I don't care much about those. You may have noticed there was no podcast on Monday. And then Tuesday and Wednesday's podcasts were last week's show. And Thursday's podcast was by Tom. The reason is I had to have some eye surgery. Not terrible. Just torn retina on Monday. So uh, I haven't done a podcast for a few days. Not a specific one. I've edited the other ones. So here we are at the end of a week. And I don't really have anything that I feel compelled to talk about. We've got those new podcasts, by the way, the short ones, the Talking Real Money Minutes. Check those out. That's where I talk about some short topics that I want to cover. But I did notice that there are a lot of questions piling up in my inbox from the Talking Real Money form that you guys submit. So I thought I would take care of a few of those in this Friday podcast and answer your questions and share your comments. And the one I want to start with is not really a question. The subject is annuities. And here's what he says. Hi, Tom and Don. Given your fondness for debunking annuities and the scammers that sell them, I'm sending you a link to this Boglehead forum that I'm sure you'll enjoy. And I went to the link, and the and, and it is it's a guy who writes into the Bogleheads, the great group of people, you know, that he and his family have been pitched a new kind of annuity and. Boy, these folks in the insurance industry are really good at creating new kinds of annuities. This one, they claim, gives you the return, all of the upside of the S&P 500. And they protect you down 10%. So if the market goes down 10%, you don't lose anything. If it goes down more than 10%, then you lose some. And they say it's totally free. There are no expenses, nothing. It's all free. It's such a great deal. But is it such a great deal? It's not an indexed annuity. It's not a variable annuity. It's a hybrid annuity. They go out of their way to make complicated stuff. This one gives you the point return of the S&P 500. That's very different. It gives you the change in the value of the S&P 500 on the upside and protects you on the downside. The insurance company that created it, they get to keep the dividends. So it's not really free. It has fees of about 2% or so, because that's what the dividend yield is, roughly. And turns out, throughout this discussion, a lot of these very smart people got hold of the prospectus for it, and they read through the prospectus. And yes, you get the, you track the point-to-point -point movement of the index. You don't get the dividends. And turns out somebody found buried deep inside it fees. 
But the funny thing is, is the person who originally wrote this post went back to their agent over and over again, and the agent continued to lie over and over again. Yes, you do get the dividends, but the prospectus says we don't. Well, you do. So you see, here's the problem with these products. One, they sound too good. Dot, dot, dot. Don't they? Return to the market, protection on the downside, dot, dot, dot. Free, no fees. Mm -hmm. You can get all your money out after six years. If you want it before then, well, oh, hmm, there's a surrender charge. Why is there a surrender charge? Here's what they'll say. It's to keep you invested for the long term. No, it's so they have enough time to make enough money to recover the commission they paid to the agent who's lying to you. Oh, you should never, never buy an insurance product as an investment. They hold all the cards. They know how to structure them. They will make money. And there is only one person at whose expense they can make the money. There's only one person. They don't take it from me because I didn't get in the annuity. Who'd they take it from? You who got into the annuity, these people will say anything to sell you a product. Believe it. Even the financial industry regulatory authority, FINRA, says these products are to be avoided because they are convoluted, complicated, confusing, almost impossible to understand. So you rely on their verbal promises, which should you have to sue them, which you won't be able to, you'll have to go to arbitration. You'll probably get beaten up in arbitration because you'll say they said something and they'll say, no, we didn't. We never said that. Yes, you did. No, no, you probably misunderstood because you're not as sophisticated as we are, you stupid client who gave me a big fat commission. Nice Lexus. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to I'm never going to like these products. I'm never going to like them. And thanks for the note. I really appreciate it because I enjoyed reading that so much. And also thanks for listening to the podcast. The next one comes up about a social security discussion scenario I had last week. And this one says, hello, guys, I am a longtime listener to, of your podcast, and you revisited a question I had for you a few months ago about the scenario of taking your Social Security at 62 and investing it. And you gave an appreciation of 6% per year, and you get a nest egg of 250000 Now, I understand your argument that you still net out more by taking Social Security at 70 by realizing the 8% yearly gain. But say you're trying to leave something to your family and you die at 74 or even 80, your Social Security abruptly ends. And at least your heirs would have a good portion of your 250,000 nest egg instead of nothing. I very well could be missing something in my assumptions, but I appreciate your willingness to help us investors with your honesty. Best regards and stay safe. My answer remains the same because what you're, what you're doing is you're throwing in qualifiers that are impossible to anticipate. If we're looking at it purely from a financial standpoint, 
purely if you live to the average life expectancy of mid 80s, then you're better off taking it at 70. But yes, you I can make a, a great argument for taking it early. If you invest it religiously and you die in your 70s, you were definitely better off to take it early. But you'd be better off to take it early if you die at 65 or 72 or 75 anyway, because at least you were collecting money. But you don't know when you're going to die. Well, most of us don't know when we're going to die. If you know you are going to die for sure before you reach age 80, then go ahead and take it early. Otherwise, yeah, it might work. It might not. It has to be, you have to decide what's right for you. But from a purely financial standpoint, taking it later with an average life expectancy has tended to put more money in your pocket. It's a generalization we have to make because we can't know the future. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, you can call us with your questions anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can also send your questions in just by going to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com, and um, click on the contact form. Also, on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, Tom and I, along with our good friend Paul Merriman, are hosting a live class. If you're listening to this after the 5th of May, it's already over, but we should have it online unless we had a glitch, so we should have a recorded copy. Uh, we're doing a class called Making Bear Markets More Bearable with Paul Merriman, me, and Tom Cock. Um, you can attend that really easily. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, go to the event page, and sign up. It's online. It's on Zoom. So it's safe. Nobody's going to breathe on you. Uh, again, number 855-935-TALK, website TalkingRealMoney.com. And let's get one more question in. Uh, which one am I going to do? I'm going to do this one. This is about... The subject is bond fund. Hi, Tom and Don. Thanks so much for all your advice and great show. I currently have a diverse portfolio with a 60-40 allocation. A very small part of my bond holdings is in the Vanguard High Yield Corporate Fund. I have discovered that this isn't what I want in a bond fund as it follows what happens to stocks in a down market. It's down almost 8% per the, for the year, and I have about a $5,000 loss on a cost of $57,000. It doesn't provide me with the safety I want in a bond fund. Lesson learned. So my question is, should I sell it now and add to my VBTLX, that's the Vanguard Total Bond Market Fund, or just hang on to it and wait for the market to return, recoup my loss, and sell them? Thanks for your advice. Well, you discovered that high yield is a euphemism for junk. Junk bonds do act a lot like equities when the market turns down because people are afraid they might not get paid. I'll give you an example of a company with junk bonds. That would be like AMC Theaters. And they were on the brink of bankruptcy. 
So their bondholders might not have, now they, they got out of it for now, but their bondholders might not have gotten everything that they expected. So that causes the price of the bonds in the portfolio to decline, thus your price. You learned that lesson. and I, But I want to reiterate it for everyone else listening. If the yield is high, the risk is high. It always is the case. So you can't get a high return and get great safety. Now, the VBTLX, the total bond index fund, is more stable because it has higher quality bonds in it and some governments. The problem is, if you wait, you're timing the market. Do you know it will recover? No. The economy gets really bad and junk bonds could just go away. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not saying it won't because I can't say that. You have a portfolio that doesn't fit your risk tolerance. You've discovered that. So the you take your lumps and you fix it because it could get worse. Could get better, could get worse. We don't know. So my advice always is to fix the mistake, fix it now, and learn from it. And thanks for your question. Once again, call anytime, 855-935-TALK, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get your questions answered. Also, Tom and I will be live tomorrow, Saturday, the 2nd of May from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific. So mark it on your calendar that you can call and talk with us live then. And go to Talking Real Money and send in TalkingRealMoney.com. Send in your questions, watch videos, listen to podcasts, listen to the new Talking Real Money Minute podcast. They're actually 90 seconds long, but it didn't sound good to say the Talking Real Money 90 second podcast. It's close, close to a minute. I'm rounding down. Thank you for being there. Tell your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?